Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Vox Tablet. It's me, Sarah Ivory. Today, we talk black history. February is Black History Month. And to celebrate, Tablet Magazine regular contributor Manish Tana, also known as Shays Rishon, has been putting together lists of African-American Jews that deserve our attention. I don't mean people you already know about, like Drake or Sammy Davis Jr. or Rashida Jones. He's looking at people you might not have known are Jews or might not have known about at all. Manish Tana is the editor of JN Magazine, and he writes there a lot about Jewish diversity. We're delighted to have him on the podcast today. Manish Tana, welcome to Vox Tablet. Hi, thanks for having me. So what is your beef with Drake and Rashida Jones? Why not have them on the list? <laughs> um, constantly, like I find, every few months or so, seven black actors you didn't know were Jewish. And it's it's really the same rehashed, we need someone black and Jewish. Let's bring out, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. and Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet and with your newer crop, uh, Drake and Rashida Jones and Tracy Ellis Ross. And one, it's very little research. It's like you're not even trying to give us an article to inform us. It's just a little clickbaity article. And two, it always filters off into the two stereotypical occupations of black people in the Americas, which is either music or like entertainment. <laughs> so. Okay. So you set yourself this assignment of four entries with a list of like seven or eight people for each entry, each blog post. Did you have all those names in the back of your pocket or have you been doing a lot of research along the way? How did you come to these people? I, I pulled this together from an Excel list that I have of about 70 plus people. Um, because uh, a couple of years back for my second book, I was going to do Little Black Book of Jews. <laughs> and it was going to be a little, I guess, encyclopedic sort of uh, book that I just never got around to doing. And so I had this group to choose from. So, so if you see somebody who's black, then do you Google them to see, oh, they're also Jewish? Or how does one even come upon this information if they're not somebody already out there as being black and Jewish, like Drake? I'm not sure how I went about compiling the list, actually. I think I might have just put in people who are black and Jewish. Um, Wikipedia actually does a lot of the work for you. <laughs> if you go to you know, an actor and scroll to the bottom, either Jews of the African diaspora or black Jews or Jews of African-American descent. And so a lot of the list came from there. Others came from smaller websites that um, deal with dual identity. And so they have lists of uh, biracial actors or just historical figures and things like that. So after compiling all of these and doing like bunches of researches, because that's a word that goes plural. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's February. <laughs> so that's, that's where I uh, got pretty much everyone from this list. In general, though, I mean, so you have this list of not all of them are celebrities, but people who made some kind of dis difference in history. Yeah. Uh, but in general, how big a population is the African-American Jewish population? There are no concrete uh, numbers for that. The last known loose statistic is from about a decade ago when Mechola Shon posited that one in every four American Jews is a Jew of color. And generally speaking, Jews of African or Caribbean descent are the larger chunk of that. Um, 
that was also part of the idea behind why, if you recall, a few months ago I had the article in Tablet where I was conducting a survey of Jews of color to actually find out, well, what are these numbers? How many people of what ethnicity identify as Jews and where they fall denominationally and a whole bunch of things like that. So let me ask you some specifics about these posts that you've been putting up on Tablet this Mm -hmm. month. Tell us about a couple of your favorite personalities who you've profiled. Uh, Mona Sutphin, I think, has to be one. Who? Mona Sutphin. She was the first African-American female deputy chief of staff for the White House. Under which administration? Obama's. And I, I don't know, something just really – one, she kind of looks like my wife. <laughs> like she has, they have the same sort of background with like Ashkenazi, Jewish mother, African-American father. Um, so yeah, I, I just really liked that we had – that we had someone in the White House and someone else in the White House. So we had the first African-American president and we have the first African-American female deputy chief of staff. And then as a bonus, oh, she's Jewish too. So. Um, what about some? What about a historical figure? Is there anybody uh, in the list who you really admire for what they did time past? That's an interesting question. I feel like I admire all of the accomplishments that each one has contributed. Um, there are people who have given contributions that are great, but I find them squicky as a person. Like who? <laughs> like Ike Turner. <laughs> oh, yes. It's true. I was surprised by Ike Turner when I read that on your post. I had no idea he had ever converted. I... Ike Turner, of course, for people who don't know, uh, was Tina Turner's husband. He was also quite abusive toward her uh, throughout their marriage and career. Yes. And I'm not a fan of uh, domestic abusers in any way, shape or form. Uh, nor do I find him to be an inspiring quote-unquote figure, but he wrote one of the two songs that began the genre of rock and roll. Which song? Um, Rocket 88. Oh, I don't even know if I know that song. The other song is The Fat Man by Fats Domino. So those are the two songs, either one of which can say are the first rock and roll song. Rocket 88 more so than The Fat Man because it introduces the elements that are common to rock and roll that aren't present in The Fat Man. Who is the person on your list, or maybe you are writing it up for your next installment, who when you found out that they were Jewish, you were totally shocked? You had no idea. Ike Turner. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but several, like um, Anais Gronofsky. Who's that? She was on Degrassi with Drake, but everyone just knows Drake. <laughs> so she was also. Um, Sofio Canito, I was actually surprised by. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I was surprised by that too. Now, for people who don't know who she is, she's an actress. I think she's British, right? Yeah, she is British Nigerian. British Nigerian. And she was, um, she played against uh, Don Cheadle as his wife in Hotel Rwanda, which is an amazing and terribly heartbreaking movie. Uh, and she's super talented. Yeah. What I found the most surprising and liked the most was her claiming of her Jewish heritage because I find a lot of the celebrities are like, oh, yeah, my mom's Jewish or, you know, over here, over there. So what I found like amazing was when she won her Tony for Raisin in the Sun that when she was accepting her award, she was grateful that this Nigerian Jewish girl like won this award. It's like, what? What? And that was awesome. And she talks about how she used to like Go to like Seder services with her grandparents and like went to a day school and she so claims the identity she fully. Yeah. I mean she doesn't do any doesn't practice anything now. At, as far as we know. As far as she 
tells us. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was great to see that. Well, what about you? I want to ask you a couple of questions about your your background. Sure. Um, were you raised Jewish? Yes. I grew up Chabad, actually. Uh, then I got better. <laughs> so were your parents Chabad? Um, yes. I'm pretty sure my parents still think they're Chabad. They've sort of slacked off into just modern orthodoxy. Um, but yeah, no, my, my family side, we've been here African-American and Jewish since like the 1780s. So we've, we've been here a while. <laughs> wow. So your, your family was Jewish way back yep. for hundreds of years. And did they convert when they were here? Or? No, as far as we can tell, they came here Jewish. <laughs> was that a totally offensive question that I just asked you? Uh, well, not in context of the conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let me ask you, I mean, in what context would these kinds of questions be offensive and annoying? At a Shabbat dinner table. Just like randomly. <laughs> out, of, out of nowhere, out of the blue. We haven't established any kind of rapport whatsoever. Hey, tell me everything about your story, which is always an interesting question. And it's, I don't know, there always seems to be the, well, where does black and Jewish intersect in your family? Like, where, where does it finally, like, no, it's, it's, it's been there. It's been there for as long as it probably has in yours. <laughs> I mean, I have to confess, I was surprised when you said that just now that your family had been for generations Jewish, just because I think that the common understanding, and obviously it's a misunderstanding in many cases, is that um, black Jews are probably people who converted or married in and then converted or something like that. Um, That's true, Um, which, interesting enough to come back to the survey I was talking about, I periodically look over the results, see how they're coming, and... Even I was under the assumption that when you see someone of color, at least in America, a large amount of chances is they've converted in. But apparently, 51% of us are born in. So, Just a quick question about the survey. Who's filling it out? If somebody wants to fill it out, what, where can they access it and where should they send it? Um, the survey currently has its own page at www.jnmagazine.com. And... It's geared towards people who would identify themselves as Jews of color. And how have you publicized it? How have you gotten people uh, to know about it? Um, There's been a little bit of a Twitter blast on my personal Facebook page, on the Jane Magazine Facebook page, uh, the article we had for Tablet Magazine, and just pretty much a word of mouth, a communal sort of pass along. Is it just open-ended or do you have an end date by which people have to have responded? Uh, We're about to close it out soon. To uh, you know, wrap it up and collate our data. Soon is when, like in the next month or in the next year? Yeah, next month. <laughs> oh, so get Soon. to it, people. <laughs> Did you have a lot of role models as a kid uh, in terms of African American Jews? Hmm. When it came to public figures, uh, not so much. I learned to hate Sammy Davis Jr. because that was the only reference anyone ever had. <laughs> um, otherwise, there there weren't really. I mean, I suppose they were there. People just didn't know. I mean, Yafet Koto was, was an actor. Was an actor. Yeah. He was in uh, Live and Let Die, the first African-American major Bond villain. He's Jewish. No one knew that. He was also on Homicide on the Street, exactly. the David Simon show. Uh, Lisa Bonet was on The Cosby Show at that point. No one really knew. Um, I have to say it surprises me that you didn't know because I feel like that's been the thing that people knew 
about her since day one was that she was half Jewish, and then she got together with Lenny, Lenny Kravitz, Lenny who was half Jewish, and then they had this kid, and then you, you know, Kravitz. right? So then the math works out, and you're like, wow, she's half Jewish too. But I like how no one realizes that Zoe Kravitz is Jewish. If her mom is Jewish, that means she's also Jewish. <laughs> it's like, um, like Nell Carter too on Give Me a Break, also Jewish. No what? one really. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, Nell Carter converted to Judaism sometime in the eighties. Fascinating. So these. These figures were out there, but they didn't. They weren't really Jewish figures yet. Right. I guess they were out there, but they weren't yeah, out they there weren't as out Jewish. There. They weren't exactly. like Sammy Davis wearing a big yeah. Jewish star. Let me ask you a question. You said earlier one of the reasons you wanted to take on this project was that generally, when people think about Black Jews or African American Jews, they always look towards entertainment figures in the entertainment world, and then. Because, of course, I'm starstruck. That's who I gravitate to. So here we've mentioned all these movie stars and TV stars. But you have made it your objective to include other people from other pantheons. So who are some of the other figures, not entertainment-wise, that you can uh, point us to? Uh, We have uh, two authors. We have James McBride and Walter Mosley. We have our political figures, again, Mona Sutphin. We have Lainey Gounier. And who is she again? Lainey Gounier. She is currently at Harvard University. She's the first African-American chair of the law department, I believe. Her father was one of two African-Americans admitted to Harvard in 1929. He was the first chair of African-American studies. Wow. She was Bill Clinton's appointee, not appointee, nominee for policy, but then he actually read her work <laughs> and was scared off, I guess, and just got a lot of backlash because she was about a lot of voter reform to sort of counteract discriminatory practices. And I guess a lot of those things didn't sit well with him. Jews and African-Americans are both minorities and here in the United States have historically been outsiders. Sometimes it seems like there's been a kind of competition between them about who has suffered more, who's been the beneficiary of the American system more. I wonder for you as an African-American Jew, has there been any tension uh, that you've struggled with between these parts of your identity? That's always an interesting question. (laughs) Um, One, it's always generally framed in the dichotomy of Jewish-African-American much like whenever you hear um, buzzwords about black Jewish relations and both of those carry these invisible brackets of bracket non-Jewish black, bracket white Jewish relations, which completely takes out of the equation Jewish black, non-Jewish black relations, black Jewish, white Jewish relations. Um, But to the question specifically, I, I get that a lot when I write, you know, you're, you're writing on these topics, you know, are you black first or are you Jewish first? Like, which one? And that makes as much sense to me as asking the color purple. Are you red first or are you blue first? Like, I'm purple. That's the thing that I am. Sure, you can find aspects of red, you can find aspects of blue, but I'm not, particularly me, my background not being biracial, I'm not half red and half blue. I'm purple. That's what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the, the, it doesn't even track for you, yeah. that kind of question. It's like asking me... Do you ever feel like you're in conflict with being black and being a man? I'm, that, you, you're asked how, that question? I, no, it's, it's the same kind it's of same question. question. Like, how do you so you're saying that? your question, Sarah, is as stupid as this other question. 
I mean, it is interesting when one sees you. If I were to see you on the subway and I didn't know you, you are black and you wear a yarmulke. So both of these parts of you are physically manifested. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something else that I point out when people ask, you know, which one are you first? I'm like, well, you you can answer that question for me. If you see me walking down the street, if you see me running down the street on a Friday night, you know, it's near sunset, do you think, A, I'm a black guy who just stole something, B, I'm a Jew running to services? Like, when you see me walking down the street, do you say, my, that Jew has dark skin, or do you say, what's that thing on that black guy's head? So... You have a small child. You're a dad. <laughs> yes. Do you think it's going to be different in any way for your daughter, for her to grow up as an African American Jew, than it was for you to come up? Um, hopefully. In what, in <laughs> what ways? That's you half the reason why I do this. <laughs> um, now there's a lot more visibility. There's a lot more more um, connectivity, just with social media, websites, and uh, things like that. And there's. There is more awareness. It's not where it should be, <laughs> but at least it is a thing. Uh, she's going to have a very unique experience, and she'll have a lot of advantages that I didn't have. And she will have a lot different messages to convey than that I am just unable to convey, just given my background. For example, she technically is partially ethically Ashkenazi, <laughs> which is uh, something else that I talk about. My wife particularly talks about it because you look at my wife, you see someone black. And when people say Ashkenazi, there's just, oh, you know what we mean, Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi. Well, no, Ashkenazi does not mean phenotypically white. <laughs> like Half the people that I list are ethnically Ashkenazi. But she is also able to convey the message that... One, a Holocaust narrative is not, you know, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, oh, you know, Jews are like this because of the Holocaust. And so, like, we closed ranks. Really? Because her great-grandfather is a Holocaust survivor. Like, her great-grandmother and great-uncle were on the St. Louis, and their picture is in the Holocaust Museum in D.C. Like, So you don't see that when you look at her, but that's a story. It's not exclusive to any shade or look quote, looks Jewish. So those aren't things that I can speak to. Growing up, my go-to line, people ask me about the Holocaust, I say, I, I don't really have an opinion. I was too busy getting lynched here. And then for the next 30 years after that, so. What really stands out to me in some ways is that all these labels, all these kind of identities that we have are not, uh, they're false and they're permeable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um and there's also a cognitive dissonance where we just have these ideas of what figures look like that are completely divorced from the setting in which these stories are taking place. <laughs> you, you'll think of Jesus and you'll immediately picture a blue-eyed, brown-haired guy, but no, he's from the Middle East. He he looked like the guy that serves you falafel. Like <laughs> Jews, a lot of us every year celebrate Purim. You know, costumes, get-ups. And we somehow seem to miss the part that we're celebrating the time that all the Jews that lived from India to Ethiopia didn't get wiped out. And they didn't disappear when you close the last page of the Megillah. But then you look at somebody who looks like they could be from India to Ethiopia, and you think, well, how are you Jewish? Wait, we just we, we just did this. Like <laughs> We do this every year. Why is this 
a shock every time. Tell us about one person uh, that you're going to introduce us to in the final installment of this project that we need to know is a Jew. So I have two answers to that, but I'm not sure if they're answers. The two people that I will be introducing, this is a spoiler alert, but I guess, yeah, I'm going to include Tony Braxton and Jada Pinkett Smith. Explain. Um, Both of them have Jewish grandmothers. Tony Braxton's Jewish grandmother is Ashkenazi. Tony Braxton is a singer. Tony Braxton is a singer. For people who don't know, amazing singer. Tony Family Values. She has a show on, you know, and she has a little sister, Tamar, um, who's heart. doing things. That's yeah. her wonderful song that I love. Let It Flow. And Jada Pinkett Smith, you know, wife of Will Smith, actress. Currently a Scientologist. Uh, I don't think they actually are. They're okay. just heavily associated with Scientologists. Oh, okay. And her Jewish grandmother is of Sephardic background from the Caribbean. Now, I don't know on what side they fall. You mean matrilineal? Whether it's a matrilineal or patrilineal uh, grandmother. So, uh, one, that'd be amazing, but then we get like a package deal because if it's the maternal grandmother on Tony Braxton's side, we get Tony Braxton and all the Braxtons. Yes. And for Jada Pinkett Smith, if it's on her mother's side, we get her and Jaden and Willow. Oh my gosh! Do we want them? <laughs> I don't know if we want them, but yeah, we could we could trade out. We Ike want them. For the we two want them. Of course, of <laughs> course, we want them. We want them. Manishana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Manishana is a blogger and regular contributor to Tablet Magazine. He's also the author of three books. The most recent is Rishoni, Illuminated Legacy Hagada. You can follow him on Twitter at Manishana. That is spelled M-A-N-I-S-H-T-A-N-A. And be sure to check out his ongoing series on African-American Jews. It's up at The Scroll at Tablet Magazine. If there's someone you want to suggest who Manish Dana has not included on his list of African-American Jews, let us know. Send us an email at podcast at tabletmag.com or just go ahead and tweet at him. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Ivory. We thank you so much for joining us.